plenty of time to preach, so um, just one thing, and then if, I will say, if, uh, and I know some kids got, we had, we had some get saved, which we'll talk about that here in a second, but if you got saved and you'd like to let the church know that you got saved, you could tell the church that you got saved, all right? Over here, I'm not, what, what, what was something that you enjoyed or something that uh, the pastor said that stuck with you? The land trolley, which is like a zip line, okay? Um, at one point, he told the story of Samson, and he talked about, like, how Samson had an authority problem, and he also talked about Samson, like, tying the boxes together and, like, setting them on fire, and I had never heard that before, <laughs> and that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Here, pass it down. We'll let you know where I'm going to stand for everybody. Um, I really enjoyed the cabin devotions. That was my favorite thing. Okay. All right, pass it. Um, during the camp there, I dumped my cast sled in the duct tank. <laughs> That's exciting. The uh, first falls, the water falls. The water falls. Okay. Super slide. Super slide. The craft shop. The craft shop. All right, get for Lillian. Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, we actually got to go to the lake in the rain, and it was so beautiful and so amazing. Cool beans. <laughs> in case you don't know, that's the coffee shop. That's where you can always play the coffee shop. Mine was the tubing. Tubing. Everything. Everything. Super slide. Super slide. Tubing. Y'all speak up. Craft shop. Craft shop. They're keeping it short and sweet. Okay. Well, my favorite, um, I guess, sermon or what the juniors learned was um, how to use Taekwondo in learning the Bible. And so if they would want to demonstrate, come on, I just want to think. Okay, Alyssa, help me. God gives me strength to what? Fight the devil. All right, fight the devil. That's good. That's good. Do y'all want to do kick? No. Well, it kicks in. All right, Katie. All right, Katie. You do it. Ready? God gives me strength to, to kick out sin. There you go. Kick out sin. Very good. Oh, yeah. um, and then favorite activity. It was, well, it was going up and down the stairs with y'all. <laughs> we were like, okay, going down, not so bad. Oh, going up. Oh, my goodness. And then um, the last time we went up, we were like, hallelujah, last time. We're here. <laughs> so, that so this was my first time ever experiencing it. I went in, honestly, it just by hearing y'all talk about it. I didn't Google it, didn't do anything. I was like, I, you know, it, what, what's the big deal? It's camp, you know. <laughs> went there. I was like, wow, this is a big operation uh, and a lot of walking, like you said. Yeah. But. Um, you know, if we, I can sit here and talk about all the fun stuff. You know, we did softball. You know, the sponsored softball, the swing. Obviously, you heard Mary Lauren cheer me on. Good times. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. But I, I don't know. The, the one thing that kind of stood out to me is is hearing more Morris Glasser speak the whole time was just the, uh, really two things: the encouragement of seeing just so many believers in one area just worshiping God and just all in one accord. It's really encouraging and cool to see. And on top of that, challenging because you know, you know, obviously we're there for teen camp, junior camp, but you know, I, you know, when you're there in it, it speaks to you personally, and it kind of challenged myself um, to to be more intentional, you know, to be more intentional and take, you know, well, what am I doing in my life uh, as far as for the kingdom? So anyway, 
Okay, well, I have been to the Wilds, but just as a teenager. So um, it was different this year being a sponsor. Um, it made, watching the games made me want to go out and do it with them, like miss it, but then like the stairs brought back reality of, no, I'm not ready. Um, I really saw my age there, which I know I'm not old. Um, I did enjoy uh, meeting like the other um, couples and all. Uh, we actually met a family, <laughs> a couple from Alabama, and they held us, I'm saying held us, held us up for an hour talking, <laughs> but it was very encouraging to me because she was a mom of five, and she just gave me all this wisdom, and I was like, oh, I don't know, it was what I needed. Yeah. The Lord knew what I needed, um, but I also just was encouraged. I, with social media, I'm going to get on a soapbox. With, so, with social media and the news and all, we just see how the Lord is, um, how Christianity is seen as, I think of the past and oh it's like bad and I don't know like Christians are horrible I mean I don't know that mindset and just to be with all those teens in one room and they're making major life decisions like to be in ministry and um, giving themselves to the Lord and all that and I was like no the Lord is still moving in a lot of ways and more than like, I wish the world could just see that. Like, no, he is present, and I don't know. I was encouraged. So. All right, y'all can go down. I'm going to let them go down because I do have something I want to say. We um, And I, I do know there was some that had told Jess on the ride home that they had gotten saved at camp, and I know there was – I got some cards of some children that had gotten saved. And um, yesterday my wife probably thought she was going to have to take me to the hospital. Uh, because uh, I just yesterday, and I, the part of the story I'll tell you, I, I was just I was just crying. I was, which she's probably the number of times she's seen me cry like that is probably count on one hand. I just I'm not a big crier, um, especially in front of people. But yesterday, after we got back, in case you uh, don't understand, um, you know we're all tired. You don't sleep good at camp. Even the sponsors, you know, those beds are just a touch better than what the campers get. Um, you know, you're not eating right, you're not uh, getting your sleep, uh, and uh, I was uh, feeling rough, uh, and I was tired, uh, and we got home and finally got everything done, and uh, we decided we needed to take, we had rented a van, we had to take it back uh, to the rental place, which is over there where Tin Fin and all is, uh, and I remembered uh, halfway there that I needed to get gas, so I called my wife because she was driving up there I said hey I gotta get gas so they don't charge me lord knows how much for gas so uh so I stop in to get gas and I'm getting gas and this lady pulls up uh in front of uh, on the other side of the gas tank and uh and I just say hey how you doing uh, of course I I try to I talk to people all the time so uh, she said I'm just paying these high gas prices and we got to talking because uh, she looked at that van and said how much does it cost to fill that thing up uh, and I told her I said listen this is nothing I was pulling a trailer with one and the one we was pulling the trailer with took at least double the amount of gas that one needed. Uh, we got to talking, and I talked to her about camp, and I always try to find an opportunity to brag about our church. So I told him about our church, and I uh, told him what we do here and how we took all these kids to camp. And, um, you know, after I got done, my, you know, the thing clicks, and I, I, my, I'm full on gas. I, uh, I said, well, you know, uh, I appreciate you. You have a good day. And she said, yes, yes, God bless. I said, you know what? God is good. She said, all the time. And I got in that van. I was tired, and I didn't feel good. And 
Uh, I was wore out, and uh, I, I did something that I don't do. I thought, you know what, God is good. And I just began to cry. Uh, and I began to think about these children uh, who went to camp, and because they went to camp, they got to hear that Jesus died on the cross for them. Uh, and they went with a counselor, a sponsor, and got on their knees, and they asked God to forgive them of their sins and take them to heaven. And no matter how bad the world gets, we know that they're on their way to heaven, and they got eternity settled. I just began to cry, and I'm on my way to drop this van off, and I thought, Lord, if I get out of this van crying, everybody's going to think I'm insane. Uh, so I'm trying to pull myself together uh, before I get into Ten Fin parking lot over there to drop the van off. And I pull myself together, I get in, and I, uh, I uh, put the keys in the drop box, and I got in. I said, babe, I know I'm tired because I'm, I'm weepy, and I just don't get weepy. And she's like, well, what in the world? You know, because that's just not something I do. She's trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Uh, and I just, through tears, you know, just trying to get out, I said, I'm just so happy. Um, and she's like, you know, what, what do you mean you're so happy? I said, I'm just so happy that these kids got saved. Um, and I just go ahead and tell you, Rinkin Baptist Temple spends a lot of money sending these kids to camp. But I just go ahead and tell you, every penny's worth it. When you get these kids and they get their eternity settled and they go and they, they get right with the Lord and they change their lives, they change their eternity. And I just want to say thank you uh, to all those who give to that fund to help send these kids to camp. Um, it is not overlooked. It is, uh, it is not underappreciated. I'm just telling you, I personally believe uh, there is not a better investment you can make than in the lives of these children. Um, and I just go ahead and tell you, there's not a building addition, there's not new carpet, there's not a new parking lot that is equal to these kids going to camp and getting their salvation settled. And I just want to say thank you. Uh, we had a good week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I feel like it made a difference uh, in these kids' lives. And I know it made a difference in their eternity. And I just want to say thank you. Hey, man, what a blessing. Children, children are going. Yes. Children, children, you are dismissed for Children's Church. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of things, if you think about it in life, um, that you look at and you say, okay, well, you know, that might have been, been a waste of money, you know, or that might have been not a good idea. You ever had buyer's remorse? You bought, you bought something and you thought, well, I probably could have spent my money a little bit better on such and such. Uh, this is not one of those things. And uh, thank you again to everybody that gives. This is a fund. In case you don't know, the Dalton National Cooey Fund is a fund that is given to all year long. It's not just around camp time. Um, it used to be just around camp time. People would start giving. Um, but uh, Tim uh, and Lisa Cooey opened this, uh, this fund, uh, wanted to open this uh, scholarship fund. And it's been such a help and such a blessing because people are able to give to it all year. It's not just, a, uh, just around camp time. And so when it comes around, in case you don't, in case you don't know, uh, a camper is around four hundred dollars uh, to go to the, to go to the wilds, um, and it is uh, it's expensive. Uh, but you saw some of what they get when they get up there, and um, it's not all fun. Uh, it's a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of emphasis is made on uh, spiritual things. Uh, 
as many times as I've been to camp, junior and teen, I've never heard a dud. Uh, they get some of the best preachers uh, and kids, my kids who are all, uh, this is my, my youngest last year uh, as a camper, and, uh, but even all the way back from a kid, they remember these preachers, remember what they said, um, remember decisions that they made. And uh, so this isn't money spent. This is an investment and, uh, in our young people. And so uh, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it, thankful for all those that give to that. And um, any time, if you ever go to the wilds and they go to start asking for volunteers or picking somebody, excuse yourself and go to the bathroom until they're done. Because they're going to embarrass you up on the stage uh, if you're a sponsor or a preacher or uh, uh, anybody up there uh, that's, uh, that's up there with the kids. And uh, so I am uh, uh, thankful for the wilds. Some of you will remember this. Uh, some of you won't. When I got here, uh, uh, Ju- July will be 13 years ago, uh, they said... Um, Camp time came around, and they said um, uh, something about camp. I said, yeah. I said, we go. We went to camp every year at, uh, in, in Palaka, and, uh, and eyeballs got about this big, and people started sweating, and they're like, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We go, we go to the wild house. No, this camp is really, really good, and I bet I wasn't at this church for a, a month when the church sent me up there to the last homeschool camp that the Wilds had. And we went up there, and all you have to do is go on campus, and you're sold. Just like that. And um, I came back. I said, all right, I get it. I get it. And we went to camp that year, and uh, or they actually had already been to camp that year. And uh, we were super excited about being able to go. And been, many of you have been years and years and years and years. And, uh, of course, they don't have just kids camps they have adult camps as well and father son and and um and and senior camps and couples camps and family camps and uh they just uh just do a great work up there and so uh i'm so thankful for the opportunity uh to be able to um send these kids thank you not only to those that gave but thank you for your parents and 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 and, um, and, and grandparents and all those that entrusted uh, your kids to us uh, uh, as we took them up there. And uh, we're thankful everybody got home safe. Uh, of course, there are a few, few that are sick, but that's not unusual. And um, uh, just thankful for the investment in our young people's lives. Acts chapter number 11 this morning. Acts chapter number 11. I just want to share with you, I've got uh, uh, several sermons uh, out of... Uh, uh, the, uh, the life of Barnabas, uh, but I just want to share with you uh, just a, a few minutes uh, this morning because, um, you know, t- we wanted to emphasize uh, uh, mostly camp uh, uh, this morning and um, uh, let the young people... Now, you never know with young people. Sometimes they'll take the mic and they'll say, I like this and pass it on. And sometimes they'll take the mic and you've got to take it from them and say, all right, that's enough. That's, uh, you know, uh, uh, but um, they were all pretty short uh, this morning. And um, if, if you've ever been to the wilds, you know the things that they were talking about and the things that um, uh, are, it's, it's hard to pick. 
It really is. It's hard to pick uh, one thing uh, that uh, stands out. Uh, and uh, But once you get it, like Stephen, Stephen said cool beans. Let me tell you why Stephen said cool beans. He lived at Cool Beans, and um, every bit of money that he brought, he didn't spend any at the general store. He didn't spend. He spent it all at Cool Beans, and uh, that's where they have the the specialty coffees and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they take the kids down there, and uh, man, they they just they just love that. And uh, so uh, they just really really did have a, a, a great time. So Acts chapter number eleven. Let's read just a couple verses uh, this morning. Acts chapter eleven and verse number. 22, Acts chapter number 11 and verse 22. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came, he had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, and with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. He was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added uh, uh, unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarshish for to seek Saul. So I I love this little tiny passage of scripture here where it talks about uh, 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 Barnabas and, and Barnabas comes on the scene does the job God calls him to do, and then he's off the scene. I mean, he just comes in, does the things that he's supposed to do with, and listen, catch this statement, with purpose of heart. With purpose of heart. You know, I find it very, very interesting that so many people in, not even in our world, but even in our churches today, are walking around aimlessly. Walking around clueless on what they should be doing spiritually in their lives. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for my life. And what do we need to do? With purpose of heart, we should be serving the Lord. With purpose of heart, we should be, we should be striving to be a blessing, looking, not aimlessly, but looking for opportunities to be a help and a blessing. One thing I've found out in this world, whether it's in the church or at home or in the workplace or out in the, out in the community, I found, this, I found this out, haven't you? People are hurting. People are struggling. They're struggling with the things that are going on in the world. They're struggling with uh, the things that are going on with finances. They're struggling with things that are going on with relationships. People are struggling. Whether they're struggling outwardly or inwardly doesn't change the fact that they're still struggling. Some people put on a good face. You ever notice that? Some people are really, really having a hard time, but man, you'd never know it. They got a smile on their face. I mean, you'd, you'd think that they've got their life all put together. You'd think that everything's going nice and smooth in their life. But inside, there's turmoil. Inside, there's struggle. Can I tell you, if you're a human being, we all have struggles. Sometimes they're outward, sometimes they're inward, but we all struggle 
with the things that happen in this world. We all struggle with a besetting sin. We all struggle with relationships. We all struggle now in different ways, but we still all struggle. And sometimes we come onto a scene or, or, or we come into a situation and, and we've missed an opportunity to be a blessing. We've missed an opportunity to be a help. Do you know, I learned this verse years and years and years ago. I learned it not because I read it in the Bible, but I learned it because uh, uh, it was practical in my life. When I went to Trinity and I, I, uh, I got out of the Navy and, and went straight to, to, into college and, and um, most of you know my testimony and, and really I was just saved and, and, and Bible college was my discipleship. So I didn't, I mean, I, those, those easy tests that people, those kids took that grew up in church, those were difficult tests for me. And boy, we, we went to college, and, and the first thing you had to do, now, this, things have changed there since, but the first thing you had to do, if you were a male, now, I'm not sure if it was, I don't think it was females as well, but if you were a male, you had to, you had to serve in the bus ministry for at least a semester. And, and let me tell you something, that was the last thing that I wanted to do. I did not want to go. I didn't want to get on a bus and pick up all these snotty-nosed kids and I mean, they deal with all these problems on the bus. And I did not want, I'm just being transparent with you, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I would have, I would have rather joined the choir. I'm telling you. Now, they wouldn't have rathered me join the choir, but I would have rather joined the choir. Than did. But let me tell you what happened. I got on that bus... And here's the verse, you ready? The eye affecteth the heart. You know, we can know that verse, right? I mean, we can know that it's in the Bible, but man, when it happens, when you look out and you see, and you see spiritually, you know, sometimes we can see, we can see physically, but we often miss it spiritually. We often don't see what we need to see. There are people all over the county. There are people all over the state. There are people all over the country that are hurting and that are struggling. And God has blessed you with knowledge. He has blessed you with the Holy Spirit. He has blessed you with the Word of God. He's blessed you with wisdom. He's given us all these things. Why? So that when we're out and we're about and we see someone in struggles and we see someone that's in need, that... At, at the very least, our antenna goes up. We say, wait a minute. I can help here. I can be a blessing here. Do you know there are many ways that you can be a help at Rankin Baptist Temple? You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to be a trustee. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be on the finance committee. You, there's many, many, many ways that you can be a help and a blessing. Do you know what? This is what we do. I gave this example a couple weeks ago. But this is what we do. BBS is coming. Man, i got to work. Because we're one of the last churches that still has VBS during the day. Most have had to, had to go to nighttime because we had to wait for people to get off work. So we still have it during the day. And, and, and praise God, as long as we can, we're going to continue to have it during the day. And so it's a blessing. But we say, oh, well, i got to work. 
or I got a doctor's appointment, or I'm going to be out of town that week, or I'm, and so this is what we do. This is often what we do. I can't be there for VBS. So what can I do? Well, I'm here to tell you, there are a lot of things you can do. Matter of fact, we had two weeks of saturation evangelism that you could go out and hand out flyers. We've made up flyers that you can hand out to, to your neighbors or your coworkers. We've got sign-up sheets where you can bring crafts and you can bring food. And, and we've got decorating days and undecorating days. And Listen, you want to be part of VBS? Come see me. No matter what you're working, I promise you I can find something for you to help with VBS. See, our problem is often, this is what we often do, we often say, this is what I can't do, instead of figuring out, this is what I can do. I believe this. Don't you believe this? Don't you believe God's got you here for a purpose? I mean, I believe that. And, and can I say this as kindly as I possibly can say it? If this isn't where you should be because you can't find nothing to do, then find the place you should be so that you can be involved and that you can be something, do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. One day. One day. I don't know when that day is going to be, but one day you're going to stand before God. And you're going to give an answer. You're going to give an answer for what you have done in your body. What you have done as a believer, all the opportunities God has given us, what you've done with those, how you've wasted those. Have you ever looked back and said, I wish? I mean, let's tell the truth. I wish I hadn't have. I wish I would have. What do they say about hindsight? It's always 2020. What does that mean? It always, I mean, it means now, now you've, 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 you've got the opportunity to look back and say, man, I, I guess I could have done this better. I could have changed this. You want to know a good example of it? Parenting. Man, we think we have it all put together. Before, listen to me, before I had children, I could tell you how to parent like nobody's business. I could. So couldn't some of you. Don't smirk at me. So couldn't some of you. I could have wrote a book on it. And then I started having kids and thinking to myself, well, maybe, maybe I need to rewrite that book. <laughs> and then my kids started growing up, and, and I said, let me tell you something. It, when, when my kids become teenagers, <laughs> then my kids became teenagers. I'd rewrite that book too. But let me tell you something. When my kids get grown, Man, there's a lot of rewriting of a lot of books in my life. You ever notice that? I mean, you look back and you think to yourself, okay, I could have tweaked that. I could have changed that. No, we don't need to look back and have regrets. The past, the past, it's gone. How many times have I said it? You got to let go. You got to let go of the past if you're going to go forward. If you just keep, unless you're strong enough to pick up this pew, You've got to let go so that you can move forward. Sometimes we're so caught in our past. We're so caught in, our, in, in, in what we should have done or what we didn't do or all these other things that we're no good for the future. We're no good for the present. So let go. Don't look back with regret, but look back and learn. Learn. 
Allow God to you. And I made this mention of this in Wednesday night about A.W. Tozer. And he said, if you suffer and learn nothing, you suffered for no reason. That's a direct quote, but that's what he said. If you suffer and learn nothing, you suffered for nothing. God, remember Romans 8, 28, God works all things out. Works all things together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. You know what God's doing? God's saying, listen, I'm going to work this out. I've got this over here. I've got this over here. I'm working all these things together. Sometimes we can't see it. Sometimes we can. Sometimes we can. So what do we do? We trust God that He knows more than we do. And Barnabas was this kind of man. I mean, he come on the scene and God uses him and he goes off the scene. Why does he go off the scene? To go to the next place that God wants him. The next place that God needs him. I think about Barnabas. I think think about a couple things this morning. Number one, Barnabas was a perfect man. Now, now hold on before you look at me cross-eyed. He was a perfect man. Look with me in verse 23. Acts chapter 11, verse 23. Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. He was a perfect man. Think with me this morning about two things. You've heard me talk about this before when it comes to being perfect. Now, I want you to understand something about being perfect. In the book of Matthew, God says this, Be perfect, for I am perfect. I want you to know something about God that you already know. I want to remind you. God never asks us to do something that we're not capable of doing. You agree with that statement? God never asks us to to do something that we're not capable or that he doesn't equip us to be able to do. Okay? So God's not going to ask us to do the impossible. You know, God's not going to say, I want you to jump off this building and, and, and fly to the next building. God's not going to ask us to do something that we're not capable of doing. So what does he mean by being perfect as I am perfect? I want you to look at two things. I want you to to see two things this morning. Just two. Listen, I usually have three, so just two. I might have a few set points, but two things. When it comes to being perfect, that I believe Barnabas was, I want you to look at it positionally, and I want you to look at it practically. I want you to look at it positionally, and I want you to look at it practically. First of all, positionally. Positionally, he talks about the grace of God. Our sins have been forgiven. If you are alive, do this for me. Either go like this or go like this. Can you feel that thing going? If you can't, call the doctor. Okay? What does that mean? It means we're alive. And if you're living... If you're a person, listen to me, you're a sinner. I'm just telling you that's what the Bible says. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 3. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. 
I'm here to tell you, that includes you. That includes me. It includes every single person that has ever lived on, on planet Earth outside the person of Jesus Christ. We are flawed. We're sinners. And if you're going to be saved, and if you're going to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then on purpose and intentionally, you're going to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Don't tell me that you've always been saved because you have not always been saved. Nobody has always been saved. There has been a time in your life. Now, you may not be able to go to the time. You may not go, yeah, may, you may not know what time it was when you got saved. You may not even know the date. But you know that you placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. And when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, what does Jesus do? Listen to what the Bible says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so let me tell you what happens. Your sins, when you trust Christ, your sins, past, present, future, are under the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood washes you clean. So I want you to understand this word. It's the word imputed or imputation. What does the word imputed mean? The word imputed means when you got saved, see, you have righteousness. Did you know that? You do have righteousness. Isaiah says it's as filthy rags. That's the best you could. That's your best righteousness is as filthy rags. By the way, those filthy rags are understood to be leper rags, putrid, disgusting. That's the best you can come up with. So what does Jesus do when he saves you? He takes his righteousness and he puts it on your account. If you have no money, if you go to the ATM machine and you punch in a number and it says... Good luck, buddy, because you don't have anything in your bank account. You have zero. When you take $50 out of zero, it doesn't work, right? It has nothing. But if I go to your bank, and I go in there and I say, listen, I want to put $100 in his account. Now, if you go to most banks, you've got to have a, I mean, you've got to do just about have your blood work done to put money into somebody else's account. I told him down there, I said, anybody comes in here and wants to put money in my account, I don't care who it is. Just let them put it in there. But you got to put it on your account, right? Now you have $100 in your account, not because you did it, but because I did it. But wait a minute, does it now belong to you? It's not a trick, folks. Some of y'all look at me like, whoa, wait a minute, he's tricking us. No, it's now yours, right? It's now your $100. Listen, Jesus Christ has taken his righteousness and he's imputed that to your account. So what does that mean? That means when God sees you as a born-again believer, listen, as a lost person, when God sees you, he sees your unrighteousness. Sees your sin. And what, God, what can't God do? He can't allow sin into heaven. So when he sees you positionally, 
He sees Jesus Christ. What is Jesus Christ and what is His righteousness? It is perfect. It is pure. It is sinless. That's the only way you get to heaven. Do you understand that? You can't get to heaven on your own merit. You can't get to heaven on the merit of, uh, of your spouse or your children or your parents. The only way you can get to heaven is on the merit of Jesus Christ. That's why God calls it grace. And it's imputed to our account. So positionally, get this, positionally we are perfect in Jesus Christ. Perfect. We're sinless. Why? Not because we are sinless, but because Jesus Christ is sinless and Jesus Christ abides within us. Positional righteousness imputed to our account. Romans chapter 4, verses 22 through 25. Write those verses down. Read them later. Positionally in Christ Jesus. We are perfect. Number two, not only positionally, but then think about this practically. Practically. Not only positionally, but practically. So what does it mean to be perfect? It means in practical terms, it means to be mature. It means to be complete. It means to be grown up in the faith. God help us, church. There are so many believers that are so immature. How do you know they're immature? Every time they open their mouth. Every time they act a fool. What are we showing? We're showing our immaturity in Christ. You know there's nothing worse? Listen to me. There's nothing worse than a grown man that's immature. What do you want to say? Grow up. Welcome to... Uh, and pouting about this and complaining about this. And, and we all do it. But I'm telling you, at some point, we just got to grow up. And the same is spiritually. You shouldn't remain a babe in Christ. You need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Barnabas was. Man, he was, he was grown up in the faith. The Bible talks about him being a good man. The Bible talks about the grace of God that was in his life. And what was he doing? He was looking for opportunities to, to be used by the Lord. Stop wasting your, wasting your time on the things of this world and start investing your time in the things of eternity. Practically, we need to be walking and talking like believers. Practically, we need to be the person God has called us to be. Think about this. Two aspects. And I'm done. Two aspects of practical righteousness. Number one, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, we need to murder the flesh. Did you hear me? We need to murder the flesh. Do you know what Paul said? I... Die daily. He says, he says in another place, he says, listen, I'm not a good man. In me dwelleth no good thing in my flesh. Listen, I struggle in my flesh. If you're relying on your flesh, you're going to fall flat on your face every single time. 
pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, you're going to fail every single time. You can't do it on your own. You, you just can't do it. What do you need to do? Listen, you will fail. What do we need to do? We need to die to the flesh. We need to die to the flesh. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That's, that's the difference. The difference is Christ in me. The difference is I need to murder the flesh. And then number two, I need to mature in the faith. 1 Peter 3 and 18. We need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow up. Grow up in the faith. Be who God's called you to be. Be who God means you to be. You can't grow up without prayer. You can't grow up without the Bible. You can't grow up without being led by the Spirit. We need these things. We think we don't need these things. We think we don't need church. And we think we don't need... But I'm going to tell you something, church. We need these things if we're going to grow up. If we're going to be who God has called us to be and who God means us to be. Do you realize, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is your case, but do you realize that when I, was, when, I was, when I was first married, I had an idea what it was to be a husband. 26 years later, I have, I have a little bit of a different idea of what it is to be a husband. Why? Because you know what? You grow. You grow through the years. You learn through the years. Let me tell you the danger. Let me tell you the practical danger. Listen to me. The practical danger is when you stop learning. It's when you stop growing. When you feel like you know it all. When you feel like you've arrived. You ever been around them? You ever been around people like that? I mean, they know everything. They can't be taught. They're unteachable. I mean, they think they know everything about the Bible. They've got all the answers. I had a preacher years and years and years ago. He's with the Lord now. But I had a preacher years and years and years ago, probably five or ten years younger than I am. And he came into my library and he said, oh, wow. Now, if you've never been in my library, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Listen, I tell people that, and then they come in there and they say, wow, that's a lot to take in. I said, I told you that's a lot to take in. But on my bookshelves are people that I disagree with. I say this all the time. If I wrote a book, I'd probably disagree with a few things in it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know why, because as I grow, I learn, right? Well, this preacher, he comes through and he, and he pulls this guy off the shelf and says, you know, he believes in the gap theory. And he comes down here and he says, you know, you, this, you know this guy believes in... Well, you, you know, this guy's a you're Calvinist. Well, we, this guy's an Arminian. Well, you know this guy... And I, and, I, and I went behind him, pushing the books back in and said, yup, yup, yup. I know, I know all those things. But let me tell you something. Reading this, I've grown. It's helped me grow in the faith. Don't, you, know, you know what my mentor told me? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right? You eat the chicken, spit out the bones. As we grow up, now there are books on my shelf that I wouldn't recommend to a young Christian. Just wouldn't do it. But as we grow up in the faith, there should be, there should be times where we say, wait a minute, that's not right. 
whoa, 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 that's wrong. And as we continue to grow up and as we continue to mature, God wants to use us in this area and use us in this area and use us in this area. Are we ready to be a Barnabas? Are we ready to come on the scene? Let me tell you what Barnabas didn't do. He didn't come on the scene and say, well, let me tell you something. So-and-so isn't doing something. And so-and-so is here. And look at how she's dressed. And, and look at how she's getting. And my goodness gracious, they have carpet that is red. And I can't even, I'm just going to say it. I can't believe the preacher's got a beard. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what, instead of coming on the scene and saying, hey, whoa, wait a minute. This is what Lord's got me here for, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. And, I'm, and when you're busy about the Father's business, you have a hard time worrying about everybody else's porch. You have a hard time worrying about the sliver that's in everybody else's eye. By the way, everybody has a sliver in their eye. Everybody. But that, that telephone pole that's sticking out of your eye, you probably should worry about first before you worry about somebody else's. And busy, busy, busy. And God's got me here for this time, and then God's got me here for this time, and Barnabas was so laser-focused that he was just ready to go to the next place that God had for him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ positionally. Positionally, you need Christ in your life. One day, we're going to pass from this scene. We're, we're, we're no longer going to be in this world. We're going to go to the next world. What does that next world look like? It depends on what you do with Christ. We're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. We've all failed. And we need Jesus Christ. Listen, Romans 5.8, But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Place your faith this morning. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It'll be the greatest decision of your life. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. 